Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and I wanted to give a quick intro into this special episode before it gets started. This episode was a live recording from Perth from an event we ran with Frankie Ratford of the Design Kids, Andy Wright of Streamtime and Never Not Creative, and with Perth local superstars Beck Chilcott, Mark Braddock and Kylie Timpani. The content is great, but the audio does have a few issues. So we've taken out anything too bad, but there's a few bits and pieces in there that you might struggle a little bit to hear unless you have really fancy headphones. Um, But it does sort of write itself and hopefully you can figure out what's going on. Um, The vast majority is pretty easy to hear um, and we hope you enjoy the content. Shout out to Streamtime for getting us all the way to Perth and helping us make this event happen and for making all of our episodes happen. Hope you enjoy. All right. Everyone's got a drink? Everyone's all settled? Everyone that is of age of drinking and would like one? That's good. Um, so we're really excited um, because we've roped in some local designers. I think we've got a pretty diverse panel here as well um, from what you guys all do and from what I've kind of gathered um, over the last couple of weeks talking about this. Um, so we have Kali Timpani. Did I say that right? Kind of. Kind of. Can you say it from a correct Timpani. Timpani? Yeah. What did I say? Timpani. Timpani. I went Tim. <laughs> you went American. It's a Sydney accent. Uh, Mark Braddock as well. I said Braddock right at least. Yeah, didn't yeah. yeah, okay, good. That's good. And Becky Chilcott. Welcome. Thank you very much for coming along. Oh, no, thank you for asking. And, um, and Frankie, of course, that you've already met. She's the van lady. So we're going to kick it off um, just to kind of run on some of the threads that we were talking about before with work-life balance. So we want to kind of um, there was there was a talk in Sydney and Melbourne recently, um, which was called "Everything But Design" um, by a good friend of ours, Christopher Doyle, um, and it went really well. And you know, I'm, so I'm just like completely stealing that idea of everything but design. I mean, you look on Instagram and it's design work, right? And you wake up in the morning, if you look at the blogs, it's like, oh my god, someone in Milan's just done the most amazing design in the entire world. We're surrounded by design all the time. We want to talk about everything else, you know, kind of other than that. Let's talk about work life. Balance. And Kylie, you're the closest to me. And um, I did warn you that I was going to ask. ask you did, you, you did. It was really helpful. So I had like a little time to think about it. I gave you what, 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you're, at, you're a human at human, which I really like that copy on your website, by the way. Um, and you seem to have like all these side projects in the mix. You know, I was whinging before though, I was talking about how busy I am. And then I run into people like Frankie and look at what you've been up to. <laughs> and I realized that I'm just a whinger. Um, how do, you, how do you manage your work-life balance? Like working full-time, full presumably? Yeah, yeah, as well, and all these other things that you've done, like the conference. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be t- completely honest about this and that I'm really shit at it. I'm, like, so <laughs> bad at, at maintaining work-life balance. Um, but I recognise that and I'm really aware of the fact that I'm not really very good at it. And so there are times where I take on a lot of stuff and I probably shouldn't take on as much as I have. But, yeah, coming out of that means that I've actually learned a lot, lot on the way about how to manage that and how when I find that I am taking on too much and I am feeling a little bit burnt out, I can really, like, take a step back and reevaluate and <laughs> figure out what I need to do. So, you know, as a result of that, I've got systems in place to try and help me, you know, manage work-life balance. So just making sure that I'm, you know, making sure that I know what I've got coming up so that I can schedule things in um, when I can and not, like, piling stuff on top of each other. Um, Just making sure that I have some rules. So, like, 
if I have got side projects, then I'll work on them on the weekends and try and pair back on them a little, little bit during the week when I um, am working full time. But yeah, like work-life balance is hard. Um, but for me, I think, yeah, it's just all about making sure that you have systems in place to kind of manage everything. Yeah. And you sort of figure that out by, it sounds like trial by error a little Absolutely, bit. Absolutely, right? yeah. Like there was, no, there was no roadmap, there's no kind of model to that. You're just kind of like, whoop, no. I'm not going to do that again. That yeah. was a big mistake. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I have gone through burnout, like I've experienced that kind of thing. So you just learn a lot from that and you just you have to make sure that you take some lessons away from every negative experience you have. But yeah, overall, I'm really bad at it. But as long as you try and manage it the best you can. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to pick on you one more time. Just yeah. continue to run on that thread. <laughs> um, so something that I find I'm, I'm notorious, I'm not notorious, but I'm guilty, very guilty of running side projects because I get really, really excited about something and then my blinkers just go on and then I'll just chase that as much as possible. Um, yeah. How do you try to balance that out with, with, with actual full-time work as well? I guess it's just like I said, like just making sure that I have specific, almost like rules in place as to how I deal with things. Mm. So when I'm at work, like when I'm at my job, I'm at my job. Nothing kind of gets in the way of that. Like nine to five or like eight thirty to five when I'm supposed to get to work. Right. I'm at work um, and nothing kind of interrupts that and I won't let anything interrupt that. And I'll consciously make a decision not to like allow myself to jump onto the conference Slack, for example, and like have a chat with people about the conference while I'm supposed to be at work. Um, but yeah, so just putting kind of rules about like rules like that in place. So another one I guess is um, like every night I, or every night is generally when I work on side projects and it's not always every night because sometimes I just feel like doing nothing. Right. Um, but you know, I have blocks. So I commit to working maybe two or three hours a night, no more than that. Um, and that's the time that I have to work with for my side projects and stuff fits into that rather than me trying to fit my time into my side projects, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it does. Cool. <laughs> um, Mark, I'm going to... Hello. How are you going? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Good. Uh, you, you've, been, you've been running a business, um, I think, what, 16 years now or yeah. something like that? I think we were, Frank and I were talking about that before. She met you like way back then, the same year. You're just stalking, yeah, as you do. Um, same, same sort of question, but how do you, how do you split your? I mean, you have you have a family as well. We've met one of your one of your kids tonight, which is great. Coming along, support crew, which is good. Very smart. She's either going to clap or boo you at one point. <laughs> um, how how do you how do you begin to try to manage um, you know r running and being part of a studio with with you know having a family and, and things like that? Big question. Yeah, it's a very big question. Um, it. I, I work, my wife runs, well, runs most of the business um, as as well, and we've always um, worked together since we moved back. Um, so the idea of a, a work-life balance is, um, it's probably never really been there. It's just life is work, is life is work it's just kind of like become, a right yeah it, it's kind of here. become a, a a very blurry um a blurry thing the kids have grown up um in the business and around the business and hear us talk about it all the time um so yeah it it i mean i think like everyone we're making it up as we go along i have probably you know 
six friends who are screaming at me for stuff that, you know, I promised them that I'd do for them in my spare time, which I don't have. I've got I a love bunch this of idea of spare time. Like we've yeah, all, no, we've no, all got it's this just like, yeah, and it's just, and you know, we, you know, I made a rule. We made a rule ages ago that we won't work for family um, unless they pay properly. We don't, you know, um, <laughs> no more. So wedding. never, never work. Luckily, I got through that wedding invitation stage. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, unscathed. Um, I don't know. I mean, it is just integrated into to who we are. Um, so yeah, I think you know. We tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I think, as an industry that you're actually going to reach some nirvana where this all makes sense. But <laughs> I was saying earlier, we're just all making it up as we, we go along. Um, and, you know, you know, life throws shit at you and you, 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 you deal with it. Um, yeah, and it's going okay. I get up tomorrow. It's going okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I get up tomorrow, hopefully, um, and you know, deal with what I have to deal with tomorrow. I think we can put this grand kind of vision and grand scheme to things, but um, you know, I've always defined success as not failing, um, and you know, we've managed not to fail for a while. Um, but doesn't mean living next is, week living we could not die. <laughs> next week we could. Right. Um, so I, 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 I think it is. I mean, it is just you know, what are we going to do tomorrow to get 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 through tomorrow and can do the work I want to do. I want to do, you know, the reason I still work with you know friends on interesting stuff is because I want to work with interesting people. Um, I want to do interesting things and you know that can't always happen you know through the business so i we're talking about it in well i was anyway i don't know if anybody else in the studio was talking about it but i was the uh, the other day i think we and um i came from probably a, a bit of a different generation where we were um you know at uni it was studio and it was studio life and we were in the studio 24 7 and it was just um, constantly living this life. And then when I, you know, went out into the world, it was just like, well, I just wanted to work, and I just that's all. I, and I'm not saying it's healthy, but it's also I think this we didn't have the expectation. I think of work-life balance. That seems like a <laughs> a new concept. It was you know three you know d pulling all nighters three nights in a row at uni wasn't. We just lived there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have any big advice for anybody. Just keep going, I think, is the reality of it. I think, yeah, and I think that's also a point we're not looking for yes or no, like black or white answers here. <laughs> like, we're asking various questions. Um, and Becky, similar sort of question. I mean, you've been running your own business since 2000? Yeah, yeah, so quite a lot of, long time now. So yeah. that's yeah. 18 years. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Look, I, it's a very, very small operation. I just have to say that first. Um, there's really me and Betty over there. And um, yeah, and maybe the odd freelancer. So very, very small. And I think keeping it small has meant that I can get a little bit more balance. But like Mark, I mean, it's, you know, we were brought up go hard or go home, really. And um, it was just a badge of honor to sort of 
the one who left at seven o'clock at night was, you know, ooh. yeah, exactly. You know, you can't leave. You know, you can't leave at that time. And um, yeah, that was what it was all about working in London. You know, in um, sort of the nineties. So yeah, it was. Um, that's what it was like. And now I guess I can't work that long because I'm older. <laughs> I'm too old to work like that now. So I don't. And, you know, stop for lunch and things like that. So I think it's um, those little breaks are really important. Um, so obviously you have priorities and generally it's work in the studio. I also lecture, um, typography at Curtain and Run, um, the ISTD in Asia Pacific. So there's many different things. And I think that like Mark um, and also Kylie, I think keeping things interesting, so having lots of different things that you work in really is, you know, get, get, gives back, you know, because I think you can work, work, work for clients a lot, but if you have those other projects too where you're giving to um, the industry in some other way, I think it's that's sort of where you get all the good stuff from. And that's another interesting thing as well, like, like governing bodies and volunteering your time and trying to, trying to give back. Um, like how much time, I, obviously there's not a number, but you know, how much time do you give to, to what you're contributing to? Mark's laughing. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, it depends. Obviously, it's, we have a student assessment scheme which runs in November. So around about that time, we're all working quite hard. Um, and then we have a few other sort of highlights in the year, but really it's sort of a bit neglected, to be honest. Um, right. I think that's um, really because it's all run by volunteers. Well, that's the thing. So hard. it's like the first thing to go, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of like, you know, maintaining a social media account, unless you're Frankie. Um, but it just, you know, it's exactly. the first thing to go when you get busy. Like, oh, I haven't done anything on Instagram for a month. Or, I, I, I forgot to go to that, that community meeting or I... You know, I don't know if anyone's on a Strata board or anything like that. It's just like, oh, I'll just ignore all of those emails. Thank you very much. Your dog is not of interest to me. Um, yeah, these are real things that happen. Um, yeah, so it can, it can be very difficult to, to you know. Yeah, that's, right. that's all, right. All the best intentions in the world to get involved. And then, of course, when you do want to get involved, everybody else in the committee is busy and they're like, ah, screw your dog and all that sort of stuff. Um, so someone mentioned burnout as well. Um, so I'll just, I'll just put it back, and we're just going to come. We're just going to circle back around. Um, you know, experiencing burnout. We don't have to get specific or anything like that. But I, I would. I'm just going to assume that we've all we've all felt burnout before. Um, we've just pushed yourself to the limit, and then you just need to shut down. Um, you know, are there any sort of tactics or techniques or anything like that that you try to do, um, like such as like meditation, like even meditating like five five minutes a day has like a, been a big help for me. Um, is there anything like that, that that you do these days? Go for a run, go to the gym, glass of wine at lunch? <laughs> um, <laughs> All no. at the same time? Yeah, together, yeah. everything. Um, so meditation, yeah, I, uh, I, I do that for about like two weeks and then I'm like, mm, I've got other stuff to do, yeah. <laughs> which isn't great. Um, yeah. I try. Uh, yeah, burnout. So I've actually like... Burnout's tough, right? So I've experienced probably burnout twice in my career, like a real burnout, like twice. And that's, that's, I feel like that's a lot in like eight years of me working. Um, so yeah, like I said, work-life balance, not that great. <laughs> um, but yeah, over time I have definitely learnt like ways of sort of dealing with that. And I think um, from both, way, both times experiencing burnout, I've kind of learnt where burnout comes from and like what it actually means and like what constitutes as burnout. So burnout is really like a combination of a few things. It's a combination of um, uh, just exhaustion. So just being really tired and not actually having any physical energy to give. 
Right. Um, it's it's a part. It's you know in part um, cynicism or like just completely disengaging from what you actually love to do, which is really um, problematic as a designer because generally what you do is what you love and then what you love is also part of your identity so then that just circles out to circles back to you know real mental and emotional stress um and i think it's also about um you know burnout is like eventually you just can't really give anymore and you can't really work anymore um your like what you output is really no good you're probably not proud of it and so knowing i guess those things and what makes up burnout um, helps me to, I guess, identify when burnout's happening. Um, so, yeah, I've experienced burnout twice and I've gone right to the end of burnout and just really struggled. Um, and then there's been times where I've come really close. And so in those times, that's where I sort of pick up things that maybe will help me come out of that phase. Oh, wow. So you've, like, recognised yeah. the pattern and yeah. thought, you know what, I need to slow down before I just completely stop. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Wow. Um, when I was running the conference, well, I was running the conference with six other people um, and I still almost got very close to burnout because I was also working and there was just a lot going on. And then in that phase, I was able to stop and just like step back and reflect on what, ha- what was actually happening and yeah, do things to try and um, help with that. So one of the things I did is I just took a, a big step back from the community and I stopped going to meetups and I stopped doing things that I didn't need to do um, for my everyday like existence in the industry I guess and just disappeared for a couple of months and really just like prioritized other things like working out or like sleeping more or eating better you know just really basic things like that they sound like cliches but they actually are really helpful and they actually yeah. do work yeah so yeah great great Mark have you I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a two-parter Okay. Um, have same same question. You know, have you experienced burnout, and you know, and do you employ anything to avoid it? But also, as someone that manages other people, have you recognised it in stuff? Not naming any names. Don't get don't get nervous. And, you know, and have you recognised that pattern in other in other people? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, burnout is a place or. a a thing um i'm not sure i feel like maybe and probably shouldn't say this in front of my daughter but i am i i feel like it's i'm constantly burning out (laughs) (laughs) whether i actually (laughs) it actually completely disintegrates or not um is a is another matter this is getting into a therapy set um so um yeah i'm i think i mean i've been incredibly lucky that i've had um tenure on the the journey with me so it's it's journey that sounds like such horrible shit. No, uh, be, uh, been we're recording, the, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You, on the yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. tenure, like I, I think we're kind of complete opposites in that she's the organised one who will go to the strata meeting if somebody needs to go to the strata meeting, organise <laughs> things, and 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 I'm I'm the opposite of that. Um, so that has actually helped. I think. Um, you know, it's, it's I, I, I think if you're driven, you're going to be driven to push yourself to the edge, you know, 
all all the time and i think it, how do you cope with that um yeah i mean i i you know all joking aside it, it is that you know that mindfulness that you know meditation whatever form that takes for you is i think you know slowly realizing that your your sphere of influence is is very small you can't worry about the things that you can't you can't change mm. um and you can change the things you can change um it's going to turn into a folk song in a minute. um <laughs> we can get the music back on yeah 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 um so i i you know i i again i, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we're going to reach this point of nirvana and everything's going to be happy and 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 cheerful and, and it's no it's it's more about okay you know how do i deal with the situation that i have in front of me and you know you know and and you know kind of yeah get through this particular point in in life and knowing it's not going to be permanent i think is the you know it's probably my big lesson from all the myriad of things i've gone through is you know this too will pass um and you've you do have to take that attitude to it it's you know it's a moment in time um there's another moment coming um and you know it it could be better but i think you've got to i don't know i'm not, i'm also you know anxiety or pressure which basically burnout i think is is you know it's a double-edged sword it's also what motivates us so we don't want to be right. average i don't want to do okay i want to be ambitious i want to push myself i want to go to the 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 extreme and you know i have problems with things i can't control um and i'm learning to to deal with that um there is yeah. something about harnessing that that you know that that level as well yeah and, and into a positive yeah. and it's it's you, you you do but it's so i don't know i don't you know i don't know why we keep doing more um you know so yeah i'm president of the uh path advertising and design club i'm going yeah because i looked at that and went oh i can't screw this up worse than the people who were doing it before and <laughs> we could do something kind of interesting with this and that's been five years but i'm going like yeah i'll probably get to the end of the five years and go why the hell did i i do that but you're kind of right. going because it's like you know people did that for me when we we're coming up um and they're the people who put these structures in place you know and allowed us to do stuff when we we're coming up and it's going well if we don't do it we don't create the community then you know that's a that's over that's a brilliant segue into the next the next part that i was going to go towards but i'm actually going to go to um becky becky first as well and just talk again about burnout um burnout i i don't know if i've ever really burnt out i got really sick once when i was working on the london film festival and i think we were working through two nights and um, I actually got quite sick, but I had a holiday organized right afterwards. So if I have a busy period, then I tend to organize something at the end of that busy period. I mean, you have to go with the flow, really, because when there's work, you work, and right. um, other things have to sometimes fit in. Um, but, you know, and again, it's about, you know, running, running priorities. And, but I think 
and it sounds like a cliche, but you know, looking after yourself, like maybe sleeping well, like Kylie said, eating well, exercising. If I know I'm going through a really stressful time, that's the only way I can cope with it. But there are stressful times sometimes, and mm. as Mark said, it's how how we grow. And I think um, you know you want to have these challenges sometimes in life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, Frankie, I've asked you come on the panel. I haven't asked you a question yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> she used all the words before. Yeah, yeah, I'm done yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out of words. Is this even on? Yeah. Yeah. I had to turn it down a little bit because I knew it was going to be... No. Um, same question. Burnout. Like, I mean, I'm not talking about burnout with bands, but... Which is a band no, joke. I've had burnout. Yeah, like, how, how, do you, how do you deal with it? Um, I've had it maybe three times. I had it at uni because I had to get first class honours to stay in the country. So I was like, I am not going back to England. So I worked <laughs> really hard and then gave myself um, chronic liver disease. I had chronic fatigue and I had um, glandular fever at the same time. Really cool. Tough one. Wow. And then, I <laughs> and then I started working at Frost a month later. So it was awful. Was that your solution to me? No, I was sick. like, I thought that job was like, that was the only time I would ever get offered that job in my life. I was like, I have to do this. So I was getting a taxi to work, sitting there, and then getting a taxi home and crying, and then just going back. And I just kind of put up with it. It was like super hectic. Um, I also had pneumonia, nearly died. Um, I've had all these like really extreme diseases where I just like push myself because I have like no off button. Um, but that was probably four years ago. I haven't been sick since then. So I think I've really taken a big backseat. Uh, I really listen to my health now. Like I, I have, I'm a very high energy person, so I have to spend a lot of time by myself, just like recharging. Um, and I'm really aware of my, um, yeah, my energy levels. I'm, if I'm like, I'm tapping out, like I don't care what I'm missing or like what's going on or where I am. It's like, I need to just be by myself right now and just read a book or something and chill out. So I'm like super aware of it. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, like you were saying, just realizing the signs. But when I was like younger, I was brutal. I was like, I do not care. Like keep working body. My body's like, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I'm glad I worked through some of those things. If I went back, I'd do the same thing again, because those were really big opportunities in the beginning of my career, but like not, not ideal. So I'm much better behaved now. Um, and I think the work-life balance, like um, my favorite book is The 4-Hour Workweek. I don't work four hours a week, um, but I don't work 80 hours a week either. Like yesterday I was doing a bunch of stuff. Um, like I wasn't sitting down like working through all this stuff. I feel like I have a lot of leeway with my life, like a lot of freedom. So I do work a lot, but I also do what I want. So I kind of... I feel really good about that actually. When you guys were talking, I was like, you know what, I think I have good work-life balance because there's literally no divide between my work and my life. Like when we're in New Zealand, we weren't like, all right, we'll tap out and go back home now, <laughs> like sleep in a comfy bed. It's like, it's just this massive adventure that's all wrapped up in the same thing. So I think being really like aware of things like mental health and burnout and things like that, you have to be because there's no going home at the end of the day. It's like you're in it. So. Um, yeah, it's been a big learning curve. But, yeah, I think the question might be how many people we have burnt out? <laughs> like, oh, really? I, I feel like I've been responsible mm. for burning out a few people because I tend I, to hold those them people to say, in the room. Uh, no, they're, <laughs> they're in institutions. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, but you do tend to hold... Yeah, when you start working with people, you do tend to hold them to the same, you know, 
criteria that you you hold yourself and that's always that's not always healthy one of so my not- first jobs i got into work at nine and then one of them i worked for two of my tutors uh, robin and Eugenie dodd at a company called Type Graphics in London. And um, we'd start at 9.30 in the morning, and then 6 o'clock at night, um, Robin would come down with nuts and drinks, like a beer or something like that. And then 7.30, we'd have dinner, and then we'd leave around midnight. And that was, like, normal. And then on Fridays, we used to leave at 5. Wow. Because, um, yeah, yeah we, went to go, we got to go to the pub, so, yeah. So um, that was what it was like for the first three years of my professional life, I think. Yeah, so um, that was pretty tough. Yeah, that, Frost was the same. Yeah, so yeah. it's crazy, really the expectations. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think I, so I thought when I set up my own place, I'm not gonna expect people to work like that. Yeah, it almost- it's not it, fair. It, yeah. it, it does feel like, like, you know, next generation coming through, like everyone wants to improve a little bit, right? It's like, you know, if, if presumably, you know, if you have kids, you're supposed to do a little bit better every generation, right? Mm. It's almost like that with the industry, sort of, you know, a lot of a lot of my friends have worked in places like that, like 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 Frost. And Frost isn't the only one. There's lots of places as well that have the exact same culture but are less famous for it. Um, that that have done that, and they're all like, well, you know what? I'm never doing that. I'm never going to be that person um, when when they employ people. So it is interesting to kind of almost see the pendulum beginning to swing the other yeah. way. Mm. Yeah, the but there's also yeah. I I I think the other side is you know doing great work or really interesting right. work is friggin' hard and it takes you know a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of arguing and protecting that that work and so it is a trade-off and that's the you know that's the reality if you want to do you know really good work it it is it's hard work You've got to put the hours in I just also want to, my uh, daughter's just texted me from the front row. Um, <laughs> you sound like a really crappy motivational speaker. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the stuff that keeps me going. Wow. So, some perspective. There. <laughs> um, Let's get stuck into talking a little bit. It, it, it's nice because often we, when we try to talk about something like community and, and you know the design industry as a whole, people are a little bit squeamish. But I feel like we just started in the deep end and we're just kind of wading ourselves back to the shallows. So this, this should be easy. I'm always very interested in hearing what I'm, I'm interested in, in hearing you guys uh, talk about this as well. So we are going to open um, the, the we're, we're going to open Q and A in, in a bit. Um, you guys will do a better job than I am. Um, but I want to talk about community and as well, like what do you think that we need? now as an industry as as the design industry or creative industry or whatever you kind of want to talk about it um we've been discussing industry bodies obviously we're talking about burnout and health and all that sort of stuff um so you can answer it either way i like to give people options so you can talk about what we need today or you can talk about where we need to be in five years Oh wow! <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Um, I, this is open up to the panel as well. So if someone else, you know, has something on the, off the top of their head and they want to, I'm looking at you, Frankie. <laughs> oh, what do we need? Um, I feel like graduates need a lot more support. Um, that's why I started Design Kids. It breaks my heart that universities are pumping people through and spitting them out the other side. Um, and then I come along and scoop them up and tell them it's going to be okay. Um, and I think it's really sad that you are encouraged to follow your dreams and you're a creative person and you go to university and then you get spat out the other side and there's no support. 
Um, there's no education, there's no kind of um, community as such that will kind of look after you and help you transition. It's a horrible big hole when you graduate and um, that's what I'm trying to fix basically. And I want to fix that globally as well. Like if you wanted to move overseas, you're going to have the same problem. Like you might know everyone in Perth, but you don't know anyone in, I don't know, Portland. And then you're going to have that same problem. So Fiona here has just moved here. Um, I wanted to mention her. She's an IP lawyer and she wants to meet you guys. Um, but she was just saying she just moved here two months ago. She's moved here by, her, by herself with her dog. And she's like, it's really hard to meet people. And so that's why community exists for me. It's like, um, I think there's one thing to being online and one thing in person. So you can have 15,000 Behance followers and still be sitting in your room crying because you're lonely. <laughs> um, it's all about the in-person stuff. And that's why our meetup and stuff like that is so important because it's like, people in like-minded positions. Um, I went to a talk the other day and they were saying how fears, you're never alone in your fears. So your fears that you have, everyone else has the same ones or you know, a mixture of them. And yet we're also alone and like, you know, we're putting the best thing forward. So I think community is about support for me um, and just giving people as much support as they need to. Answer it? Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow up question. Where do, you, where do we need to be in five years? Magical, magical land. On TDK mentoring project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or plug. Gen in generally. Um, where do we need to be as a community? Yeah, as a community. I think the industry. never not creative stuff's really interesting. Mental health is like a massive subject that just gets swept under the carpet. I think things like Instagram and Behance and um, you know, even just going out and meeting people, you're like, yeah, I'm really good, I'm freelancing, things are great, and you're like, fuck, I'm just sitting at home doing nothing. Um, there's no space to be vulnerable and no space to be honest. You're constantly putting yourself, like, best foot forward. Um, it's kind of like dating, really, I think, like trying to get a job. It's the same thing. You don't want to be the loser. Um, and I think you really need support in, in these areas of weakness. And I think Never Not Creative is awesome for that because there is like increasing mental health problems and no one really talks about it and everyone thinks it by themselves and so I think where Never Not Creative's heading is like super interesting because there needs to be a safe space for people to talk about that where they don't feel like they're being judged. So I really like Somewhere that. Somewhere like we can publish the shit we do. What's like that? really horrible shit work yeah. we do. I was going to actually. Yeah, I wanted to have week. a second Instagram account called Seknaf Droptar, which is my name backwards. And so like every sexy Instagram picture, there was like the actual Instagram picture. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're like, fuck this chick, you can go to the real one and be like, okay, it's not that great. <laughs> I still think I should do that. Um, yeah. I'd actually like to see the industry be more supportive of graduates too. I think um, having work experience built into to final year in universities, I think would be really great for both. Um, and I know that Mark and myself, we all run um, internships, um, and I think that every studio should should run a, a proper internship program. Paid internships. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, you're teaching at the yeah. moment, but I think unfortunately, yeah, the we can't rely on the educators anymore. I mean, it's, the heart's been ripped out of tertiary education. Um, so I think, yeah, unfortunately, it's, well, fortunately and unfortunately, I think we've got to step up to a bigger role in that as an industry. Um, it's, yeah, it's become about yeah money. Can we pull now, on that thread? What, what do you mean by the heart has been ripped out of education? Um, we, well, 
I mean, I don't think they run studios anymore in any of the tertiary institutions. Yeah, they do. They do in some. Uh, do Super they? And yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. but I mean, Here. like locally, no, yeah, not no, locally, no um, so. because they've sold the space to you know rented the space to other other people. The, the sense of community that comes out of of you know the group that you go through university doesn't seem to be there um, as much anymore it's become more of a commoditized uh thing and it's it's you know selling degrees um right. rather than you know truly um supporting and educating um so i think you know and there's a lot of people who are fighting against that and working against that but the system itself mm. has become for profit um by any other means and i think you know well yeah i don't think they claim it's for profit, but it's basically for profit now. Um, and so, a lot of the community that we used to have, which was your, yeah, you know, the the team you went through uh, university with, has has kind of disappeared. You have to have a, yeah, you have to have a part time job or job now to to get through uni. It's just yeah, complicated. Whereas we. You know, we were lucky to come up in a generation that didn't have that, and that community came from the guys you're at uni with, and you know they were the ones that you know you you got through a lot of this with. Um, yeah, and that's that's disappeared, unfortunately. I think it's slightly more like that at TAFE. I know that there's some former students in the audience, and I think they could attest that final years, um, yeah, was pretty good in terms of teamwork and yeah. Yeah, but they're obviously yeah. Um, well, that's a network. I mean, you know the, you know the, you move on, but they're also that that community that you came up with is the guy. Yeah, the guys that go off and do stuff, and we're still, you know, even if it's tangential, tangential, very remotely connected, <laughs> um, we're still connected. Your daughter's gonna text you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really thanks. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, she's. Yeah, um, so I think we're still connected. Um, so yeah, and I, and I think there's a, just a bigger gulf between, you know, university and and life. You know, somebody would get a job when we were out there, and I see it's still happening, but it, it just isn't the support of the community when you're an undergraduate, unfortunately. I don't think it's also just up to I guess workplaces and studios and. Um, you know, like educators to kind of feel that graduate kind of mentorship. I think it's really up to also individuals. So if you're like a creative and you're like five years into your career, you have a lot of experience to share. So it's just about also just stepping up yourself. So I guess if your workplace doesn't run an internship or anything like that, like there's nothing stopping you from going out and enrolling in TDK mentoring um, or like just reaching out to a student or like if someone if a student has emailed you or a graduate has just been like hey i'm really struggling with this thing like really putting yourself out there and giving you know some of your time back to the community and back to um students who kind of need that mentorship and that guidance in those early stages of their career i am mostly i'm like mainly i work in the digital side of design and I find that there's quite a difference between sort of the graphic print kind of side of the industry and the digital industry. I feel like this could be from inexperience of the, the print graphic sides, 
But um, in the digital side, at least, I guess this sharing economy of knowledge and experience is really prevalent. Like, it's kind of expected of you. Like, you need to go out there and support people who are coming up in the industry. I don't know if that's the same, but from what I've heard, I guess, in the, in the opposing side, I guess, to design, it's not really that common, um, which surprises me. But I could be, could be wrong. Yeah, uh, feel I free have, to correct me. No, no, no. Like, I'll, I'll jump in there. I tend to jump around a lot from different industries and design and user experience and digital and all that sort of stuff. And um, it does it does feel like there's a there's, you know imagine this giant Venn diagram. Um, you know, with digital designers, often where often they are you know talking with <coughs> developers as well. And there's been a whole thing. You know, just about every developer gives all their code away for free. Like so much of it, it's like I got my stuff from GitHub. This is from this is Bootstrap from over there. Um, everyone shares their Swift code, you know, it's kind of like this is it's just inherent in the way that the internet was built. It's like on the shoulders of giants, the internet's gotten better and better and better and better. And if everyone went like this, it would be, we'd be on dark modems, right? Um, but it, it does it does seem like there's a little bit left over from the advertising world of hiding your work and going, that was my idea, I had that in 88 for Ford. And it's like, all right, this is, this is for a, yeah, a jacket or something like that. Um, so yeah, so maybe there is like a little bit of inherent um, things coming through that. I think the other side, though, as well, is we, like, you know, and again, I, I it's chicken and egg, maybe, but I'm not sure what came comes first, but, you know, students tend to be less uh, engaged in the opportunities that it, it seems at the moment. Like, you know, there are incredible opportunities and you have to take them you have to enter every competition yeah. you have to take every mentoring opportunity you have to turn up to every industry thing if it means you're gonna have to eat pot noodles for the next week to pay for the 35 dollars or whatever it is just do it so i think it's you know it it does play on both ends of that i think there is mm. you know that you know i, I think because of the way things have moved, there's maybe less motivation um, sometimes from you know students. When we put out you know student opportunities, it is you know sometimes hard work to get students to interact with that, and I can understand yeah. why um, because everybody's nervous about that uh, and they don't want to. But there's not an alternative. You have to, you know if these opportunities are placed in front of you, take every one of them, even if you fail miserably yeah I, I i've got a couple little bit of stories like that i was a very talentless designer when i graduated but i went to i went to everything and met everybody and put my hand up and got the coffee and wasn't proud about anything and ever since then it's been who i know you know since since the absolute very beginning are there any recent graduates here there's some recent graduates you get to make that up, right? I graduated 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm a recent graduate. Um, but it is very interesting. And just pulling on, Frost, Frost in Sydney does these things called... It's <laughs> how popular my stories are. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but Frost do, do these talks called Defrost. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're available online, totally for free, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I remember catching up with Vince because around the time where I was running something in Sydney called Creative Mornings, and students never came. Ever. It's like free, some of the most amazing people we could find. We'd spend all month, like, or even all year trying to get these fantastic people. And they would do it because it was free. But if we were doing a paid event, they'd be like, well, yeah, my speaker fee is 10 grand. But because it's free, they're like, yes, I'm giving back to my community. Um, ha I'm happy to do it. The tickets are free. No one's making any money. That's great. Never any students there. Right, Penny? 
<laughs> so few students. But, you know, I, I spoke to Vince about, you know, the defrost things at one point. I said, how many students do you get? And he's like, none. Because we get emails all the time. We get portfolios. Spelling my name wrong and all this sort of stuff. Like, here's like a 30 meg file. Like, constantly, every day, calling up. All that sort of stuff. But they will not get off their asses and come. And they could have a free glass of wine, shake hands with Vince and just like say hello and say, hey, is there any jobs going? That social pressure, like they just would have been, all right, well, yeah, actually there is. You know, why don't you pop in here? Um, so I agree. Like I have, I've noticed that as well um, with a lot of community things that yeah. I've been involved in. And look, the reality is there's only a certain number of students every year who are going to be engaged to that level and they're actually the ones you know it doesn't matter how many are in the design school there's always going to be the 10 that are the engaged 10 and they're going to be you know they're going to keep going until they find yeah find something in the industry for them so yeah i i, I think it's you know it's it is this kind of attitude of you know you know the participation badge I, i've done my degree the world owes me a job now um yeah and i, I think yeah. i sent an email today actually um, a student asking the same thing and um i've done one year at curtain how do i get a job as a junior designer <laughs> i said well you don't yeah. first of all <laughs> first of all you you have yeah. to graduate and then um you need to sort of do these these things and i gave her a bullet list and the first one was you have to find out about your industry so you have to find out what you know, what's going on internationally, what's going on uh, nationally, what's going on locally in your industry. You've got to find out who the designers are. Because, I don't know, I can talk to young students about designers and they won't know, know what I'm talking about. Blank faces everywhere. So find out about your industry, yeah. isn't it? And then, um, yeah, try and find your heroes. And um, go along to every event that you possibly can. Get involved in industry bodies, whether it be... Agda, whether it be Design Kids, you have to go to the Design Kids website. That was, the, you know, because there's so much stuff on there. No, but there is. So if you want to find out about studios in every town, just go there and look, you know. And um, ISTD as well, you know, get involved with that. If you know, so yeah, there's Can stuff going on. on yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I bang my head against the wall quite a lot with this because I mean, Design Kids. We could. A lot of people think we're recruiters and we help students get jobs and I'm like but I could get 50 students a job or I can help I think we've got hundred and forty thousand now on the website here's all the information you guys figure it out because there's the, the um, I don't know, cutoff right there it's like here's everything you could possibly need to get a job figure it out and if you can't figure it out I'm sorry I can't help you anymore so I'm being a little bit more like here's all the information um, but yeah I still bang my head against the the wall. I get emails from my friends like, I'm moving to New York. Do you know anyone there? I'm like, have you been on my website? Like, what are you talking about? I um, got one from England yesterday. She's like, you came to my school in Manchester. I'm really excited. I'm moving to Australia. Do you have any job leads? And I'm like, do you want to narrow down where you're moving to? Um, like, lovely girl, but like, go on the website. Everything is on there for you. Like, we literally go to schools. I've been to like, I don't know how many schools, maybe 200 and said what do you need to get a job and they say we want to know this we want to like i'm like go to events they say oh we don't know how where they are i'm like they're on our website <laughs> research design studios we don't know how to find them they're on our website like everything they need is on the website so it's like it's a really good filter now it's like if you can't figure this out it's all 
all there and all the studios I meet are like, this is amazing. I wish I had this when I was a graduate. And it's like, they don't appreciate it. Um, yeah, and, and that's just, the problem yeah. is you don't know what you don't exactly. know because we had to yeah, exactly. like, literally look through the magazines and find the studios we wanted to work for yeah. and leave voicemail messages and, <laughs> and then eventually, hopefully, they'd you know, take one of our books and then we had to print another book to send to somebody else. But, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And at the risk of sounding like a crappy motivational speaker... <laughs> Um, I, I, I think, and, and I, I, it's not just about graduates, but one of the best, you know, little, I don't know where it came from, but, you know, one of the, the you know, there is, you know, everybody is more talented than you. There's an infinite number of people who are more talented than you. you were looking at you. me when you said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, really Particularly, accurate. particularly um, um, you. But no, you, you, can't, you, you can't be the most talented person in the room. You can't necessarily be the smartest person in the room, but what you can be is the hardest worker. You can be um, the most well-read the most well-researched person you know nobody stops us you know reading nobody stops us learning um you can you can take that to the extreme you can't you know talent you're either you know to some degree born with or not um intelligence you're born with or not but you can yeah you can read you can work harder than the others and that's gonna, what's going to set you apart and keep going and I think that's the thing it's like you know somebody didn't reply to a, you know I don't have time to reply to every email then you know if you don't send me another email then that's your loss um, <laughs> not my loss I you know you know by the 15th I may actually go okay I'll reply just to Get you off my it's going to save you time. Yeah, to actually reply, right. and and, and uh, that sounds. But you're not my first priority. Right. I've got a few other things going on. Yeah. Um, so keep bugging me until I put you to the the spam filter thing. Or we'll just put your email address yeah. up on the screen. Um, so if anyone's looking for a job, um, we're probably getting towards the end. Um, does anyone have any burning questions or? You can be really brave. Yeah, you do? Can I ask, can you do me a huge favor? Can you come over here? It's How come more studios? <laughs> <laughs> Cam, come over here. Between them was like basically you can pitch for a campaign between multi-studios, but it doesn't seem to happen. Like, because like it's basically you're finding each other and you could almost share the workloads. Like, um, yeah, I guess it's, you know. Communism versus capitalism. Um, I that's kind of the foundation of the the system is we compete. Um, I think generally, as and as a local industry, one of the things I'm I'm very conscious of is keeping you know West Australian work in in, in Western Australia, especially if it's a government work or you know it's funded by our taxes. It should. It should stay here um, and building that community. But I think, it, again, it's like the competition isn't necessarily bad because it drives us to to be better. And we're collaborate, 
you know our our business is built um, in a large part on collaboration um, yeah and putting together teams that, that work for particular projects yeah I, I, I think we have to get to this point where the you know it it is better for all of us for work to stay here for us to build the the industry here for production um, to stay here for you know all of those things to 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 stay here. Thanks for coming from Sydney to to hear. But um, I think um, I think the sense of community is is part of that. But I don't think that necessarily negates competition. It's collaboration when we need to collaborate and competing when we need to compete. And those things aren't mutually ex exclusive. Um, so yeah, I I think we could get break down barriers, but at the same time, I don't think see competition being a bad thing. <laughs> um, I think I have some probably opposing views there. Um, I don't. I didn't hear the question. So, like, was there a question or? <laughs> <laughs> no. I guess should I just talk about like? I don't know what the design? question was, but I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Um, I, I, I mean, like competition is healthy in in some places, um, but I think that like in design, there is so much work to go around. You just you do have to look for it, but there is so much work to go around that you like. We don't have to compete with each other. I think collaboration. I think for me, trumps competition. You learn so much from just collaborating with people, and I'm really interested. I have no idea. I haven't really researched this much, but like Flynn mentioned earlier, you know when you know, in the developer world, um, which kind of works parallel to some design sometimes, um, they share everything. So they have this whole concept of like, hey, I've wrote, written this really fantastic piece of code, take it and like do whatever you want with it and build something even better. And or maybe improve my own code. And like, I have always wondered, can we apply that to design? Like, can we collaborate better? Can we help each other to build better things or design better things um, by collaborating? Like, how much can we actually do? Um, the, the thing that I love a lot about design is because is that design breaks down barriers. Like design is universal. Anyone can understand design, whether you're from Australia or you're from, you know, what were we, were we talking about today, Frankie? <laughs> Guatemala or something? Like there, are so, like there are boundaries, but design can cross those boundaries. So I think um, if we're able to collaborate and like build upon all of that, then that's great. Yeah, I don't know. I come from a designer who's not working in a, like, I'm working in a business, but I'm not running my own business. So this is talking as an independent person, um, not really having an economic kind of, like, stake in what I'm doing, I guess. So That's okay. No, yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to Disclaimer do a disclaimer stuff. at the end. <laughs> you were asked to be on the panel. You didn't just turn up. Yeah, it happens. It happens a lot, and if, yeah. yeah, and depending on who you follow and what you know, yeah. what circles you run in, you see it more and more and more. Yeah. And then if you if you cross yeah. over to a couple of others, you see there is a there is a very stark difference. And it's knowing what you're good at, like you know, exactly. if if somebody exactly. if comes to us with a book job, I'm going to go. 
That's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's part of the experience. That, that cost me a fortune. Oh, yeah. Last time I was here, there was hail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, if you want to book design, Becky's going to do a hell of a lot better job of it than we're going to do at, 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 at the moment as much as, you know, I'd love to do a book. We're not, you know, set up to, to do that. So it's going like, okay or a particular size job um, that we're not going to be right for and others are going to... We recommend people all all the time. Um, but, yeah, it is that I, I'm not afraid of... You know, competition is what, you know, does motivate me and get me up in the morning. It's like I want to be the best. I want the business to do the best and, I'm, I, quite frankly, I want to win when we go after something. Um, it's a good yeah. place to be. I think it depends on the size of your organisation. I mean, um, totally. I mean, we're a really small studio, so we collaborate all the time. And then, you know, um, Mark bought, recently bought in an illustrator, Mike Rigold, to do a project. Um, we bring in illustrators, photographers. So we collaborate all the time, and it's just depending on your expertise, really. Yeah, as Mark said. So. Thanks very much. Do we have any other questions? Maybe, maybe one more. Penny. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Penny. Uh, to you can talk just loudly and that we try. Yeah. <laughs> just so everyone can hear the American <laughs> accent. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Penny. I'm Penny. Um, this is a bit kind of on a different topic from what we've been talking about, but it's a big problem that we've mentioned a little bit of getting paid. Um, and it's something that the studio I'm currently working with is struggling with is. Um, what sort of things, as owning your own business, do you put in place to make sure that you get paid? Have you ever had those situations where you might get paid a little bit and then do a very big job and then at the end they just sort of walk away? Um, do you have any advice around getting paid, I guess, which is a big problem I feel in the industry? It's a really fantastic question. Thank you very much. That I can't answer What's because everybody owes me money and I am broke. So I'm... I'm really interested in the answer to this question. <laughs> Shall I start? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, it's hard. And look, we've all been burnt, I think. And that's sort of sometimes how we learn. I think getting some money up front, getting proper, proper legal documentation, making sure that every step is described to the client and everything is paid in stages. I mean, that's the only really way you can protect yourself. So don't go and do a massive job and you know not get paid till the end, that's just crazy. When we do books, we have a blad fee, a concept fee to begin with, which is before the project starts. And then every set of proofs will have a certain payment. And um, touch wood, so far, everything's fine. Clients will be slow, but that's maybe because of what's going on in their organization. And you know you sort of sometimes have to just grit your teeth and bear it, um, which isn't good. No, we should get paid for the good work that we do. Um, yeah, look, it's a big thing of mine because we all put in a lot of work, and generally speaking, we always go over the hours that we charge for a lot of the time. So, you know, that's it. I don't run, I guess, my own business. <laughs> Sorry, disclaimer. But. <laughs> um, when I do do freelance projects, I don't know what you do, Becky, whether it's at the end or at the beginning, but I always charge to start. So, like, if I'm starting a project, I'm going to charge you, and then I'll do stuff 
And then, like, the next stage, if you want me to do that stage, I'll charge you to start that stage. Um, so, yeah. yeah, every stage, yeah. Yeah, payments at every stage. Yeah, I mean, I think having standard contract up front is imperative. Um, so you have something to come back to if it becomes a problem. I, I think stage billing is is obviously a massive um a massive help for new clients we charge 25 percent up front of the first phase it's just you know if they're serious about working with us then you know why wouldn't they pay that and why wouldn't they they um pay having a tenure is very helpful no but i think the thing is to actually uh like it's you've done the work you've you know you have you know you've they owe you money you have no shame in asking for that that money i think there is a lot um you know we have this yeah it's it's like they owe you money they're in the wrong you have no shame in 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 pursuing that we separate the the creative relationship from the financial relationship so you know we tend to get you know our bookkeeper or or tenure as managing director to to chase up or our general manager to chase up and we're you know, in the position where we have those roles but that that's also helpful is to separate the you know good cop bad cop um aspect to it is, I'd is like to add helpful. something out there for the freelancers you're talking about because you have the resources because yeah. your studio you have someone that can do that a friend of mine um, had three different just email accounts yeah. in their Gmail and one was like Lucy and Lucy was yeah. a bitch yeah. and Lucy's like <laughs> you owe her money she did the job you owe it it is now two days late so it's going to be 10% by the end of the day and they always paid and then immediate obviously the designer was the one writing the email in the first place um, and then it had come through and she's like, oh, I'm really, really sorry. You know, Becky's like, Becky's like, a real bitch, but you know, it's okay. I can leave it until Saturday. Everything's going to be fine. So not only did she get paid earlier, but she got bonus points for saving her client money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Crazy. Can I guess who that was? No, you can't. Not on recording. Did they design I think the other, the other aspect who it is. Um, <laughs> saying that as well, being like, if, if clients are slow to actually approach them and go, okay you're clearly having trouble paying this you must right. be in some you know financial trouble let's come up with a plan to do this either when you do that either they pay in whole because they don't want everyone to know that they're actually in financial trouble or you'll actually come up with a plan to oh wow to play and is that has that worked before yeah 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 we'll go okay well really yeah we we're actually you know and we don't hand over i think everybody's like they well we're pretty clear we don't hand over final file files until final payment cash payment. on delivery yeah 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 just pay the courier <laughs> cool very good any more questions we might have one more if anyone's yeah yeah down the front oh you literally as close as you possibly could be to the <laughs> microphone <laughs> but yeah i didn't think i'd really need this but um Cool. We'll get you twice. We'll get you twice. Sorry, speaking of freelancers, though, I was wondering, and I've heard many things from other cities around, mainly the UK, industries are heading towards, like, are less hiring people full-time in part-time uh, positions and more towards just hiring freelancers and just keeping them going. 
do you reckon Perth is going in that direction at the moment? Because I know Australia is like kind of still catching up with a lot of other cities. I mean, for us, yeah. I mean, we we keep the core team as small as we possibly can, and it is all about yeah freelancers and that. Um, yeah, we're putting together project teams um, all the time, and I think we're slowly moving from that idea that you know freelance isn't you know is something you do when you can't get another job to actually being a a, a legitimate um, everyone's left in profile between when you yeah. graduate and then when you get yeah first no job. and it's um yeah and you know and and the good you know the good freelancers at the moment um yeah we're begging to try and get the the good good people because the competition is is there because everything's project work we have to keep things as tight as we possibly can and we don't know from a you know one week to an to the next what the workflow is going to be and i think yeah it's a huge part of our, our business yeah, being flexible you just have to be able to be flexible and i think that model allows you to be so as a as someone who runs oh, if i was starting out again now I'd, yeah that's what i would be doing yeah. <laughs> so you'll become a freelancer or a contractor and yeah, yeah. Yep. Can I jump in? You can. Um, so my friend Kate, who runs Design Kids Christchurch, um, asked me, she's like, oh, I've got this idea, I want to send you the pitch document. I was like, oh yeah, send it through. It was amazing. It totally blew my mind. It's 10 times better than anything I've ever done. Um, and it was around this idea. So it's called Dovetail. They just launched it in um, San Francisco Design Week um, about a month ago. And the idea is that you have a board of where you have like, I don't know what the right wording is, but basically you have your crew of people. So if you're like, this person's my favorite illustrator, this person's my favorite web designer, blah, 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 and you save them. And then you can go into other people's boards and see, like you might go into Chris Doyle's and be like, who did the Spotify copywriting with him? And you're like, oh, it was Cat Wall. And then you can contact Cat Wall and get her to do stuff with you. Um, and I think it's so genius. It's like such a good idea because it's definitely where the industry's heading and it creates more flexibility. You can be more specific with like who you want to work with. Um, they can be really skills based. Um, and I think it's win-win both ways. It doesn't feel like really one-sided um, because obviously if you're freelancing for one studio and they don't need you anymore, then you're kind of screwed. Whereas if you have a profile um, and you, you're on lots of people's, it's like kind of Pinteresty, I guess. People just save you as a certain role, um, then they can find you. And I think it's super interesting. So I'm super excited to see where it's going. Um, it's called Dovetail. Look it up. New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, at Emergence this year was um, Justin, what's his name, from Working Not Working in New York. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but again, uh, just a simple idea for freelancers when, you know, they're curated as far as you had to apply to get on the site and then basically, yeah. you know, you're either working or you're not working. And I think those, yeah, it, it's, yeah, freelance isn't... Yeah, it's it's well, it's not freelance, is it? Really, it's just work. You've been a one-person business. Um, yeah, the idea that it's freelance is call it consulting. You yeah, just charge. Yeah, more. exactly. I think it's like really high end too. Like their waiting list to be approved to go on the site is really high. Um, and you know, like Jessica Hish is on there, and like that kind of era of people. So I think it's like less about the little guys and more about the big names. So if Nike wanted to do a big a uh, big um, 
project, they could go on there and find like the coolest cinema 4D person and, and find them. Um, I love Justin. I think it's brilliant what he's doing, but I think it's a different market. Yeah. And I think, you know, freelancing in Perth, it's like, I hate that divide where you feel like, oh, I can't, I'm freelancing, but I can't be part of this thing that's about freelancing. So I think just breaking that down even further so it's really approachable and, and can actually help you um, is really important. Um, but also like the fact that these things exist. I mean, like, the, like this is supply and demand. Like the reason that these things exist at all is because there is a big push towards that. Um, I, I'm certainly 100% in that boat right now. And that's a change from the last year and a half. Um, and I would never go back. It's really convenient. It's really good. That's why I can be here. Um, but yeah, so it seems like there's a big, big push towards that. I'm laughing because Lynn's here for like 18 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's a big trip to Perth. Yeah, I have to turn off my Wi-Fi so that the emails stop coming in. It's really good. <laughs> Definitely do it. Um, there's two more things on freelance I just wanted to add in. I re met Ryan Bowles the other night. Um, he lives in the Gold Coast and he trains freelancers. Um, he's awesome. You should check him out. Ryan Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S. Um, and Meg Lewis, who runs uh, Darn Good. Her Instagram has lots of A's in it, I think. Darn Good. Um, she's just started, does anyone know what it's called? Be More You or something. Um, she's based in Minneapolis and she has an online course about kind of going freelance. But it's really interesting because it's about creating a personal brand, freelancing all in one, like Flynn was saying before. Actually, that would be saying about how freelancing isn't you become your own thing rather than part of something else. Um, and I think that's definitely where the future's heading as well with the Instagram and everything. People are like really focusing on their personal brand. Um, so yeah, you should check both of those out because I think they're really good resources. I think on that note, we're gonna finish up. Can we have a round of applause for everyone that's <laughs>